we wanted to leverage, um, you know, our ability to build this business and partner up and find people who wanted to do, uh, take bigger deals down to get those advantages, get those tax advantages, get that, that benefit. All right, guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, for another great episode. Today we have Chris and Ashton Laverick from Valkyrie Investment Group. Two brothers who are also making it happen. I love it. Uh, in the multifamily space in the game. Uh, they started small, uh, just like most of us. And now they, they're ready to operate in a 250-unit complex that they're working on right now to close. Uh, we'll go ahead and hand it to you guys. Give us a little bit of your background story, how you started. And then we'll dive into uh, a little bit of a deal dig of how you're working this uh, capital raising and closing on this 215 unit. So Ashton, Chris, whoever wants to take it from here. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll start off. Um, but Chris and I both kind of came into real estate, real estate around the uh, same time. So 2018, I was getting ready to retire from the military. I had uh, 19 years in at that time. And I think he was, you know, going through some other stuff too with his 401k taking a dip. So um, we kind of both came to that conclusion and, and we just jumped into a partnership together. It, it made sense at that point. So um, <clears throat> yeah, we started off, like you said, we started off pretty small. We got two duplexes in uh, Durham, North Carolina, uh, which is a great area, you know, a lot of good economic growth there. So, um, and then we just, we just kept building from there. Um, so duplex duplex uh, we did two more duplexes then a five unit then a 13 and then a 16 and we closed on that 16 unit in january and then we started working on partnerships and growing our brand and um, that led us um, to another road and we partnered with another syndicator to to get this 215 unit under under contract in, in uh, april i think it was so chris you want to add anything to that no i mean you covered it pretty good we Yep. Start out small. We're where we are now. Um, we've partnered up. We've uh, grown alongside. Our team has grown. Our, our strategy has changed. Um, but we're still we're still partnering up and getting deals done. So, yeah. So let me ask you this, guys. Mindset wise, because I know a lot of us go through this uh, period where, hey, you know, we're doing small deals. Um, when was your aha moment for syndication? Yeah, so we, we, we started out with that burst strategy. We did a couple of duplexes and um, you quickly notice that even though a duplex has the risk split between about two tenants, you know, so they tell you, okay, you get more tenants, your risk, you get these economies of scale, you get these risks diversified, you get, you know, you spread out. If one person leaves, they're paying the rent still. But at the same time, you're not really cash flowing a lot, even in those instances. Uh, especially with a burr, you're you're really working on get that capital back out. Um, but even if you said you know you put 20% down on a duplex, <clears throat> you're leaving 20% of your capital. You're not cash flowing much out of them. You're not getting uh, the bigger economies of scale, and you're still leaving all that capital in on on a 20% down. So we decided that we couldn't really scale that way, and, and the amount of cash flow, even the $200 cash flow per duplex, it just wasn't going to be uh, scalable. It wasn't as fast as we wanted to do, and it wasn't also part of building a business it was more of uh, a long-term uh, retirement plan which was good a lot of people do that you know they buy a house a year but we decided yeah that that we wanted to leverage um you know our ability to build this business and partner up and find people who wanted to do uh take bigger deals down to get those advantages get those tax advantages get that that benefit um 
And that's kind of when it hit us, you know, like we can't keep doing these duplex. Oh, we can, but eventually it's going to be too much management, not enough cash flow, and does, doesn't have a big enough return uh, for where we wanted to take our business. So up the fourth you, duplex, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. It's a slow, slow beast that way. And then, you know, when you're, you know, let, let's move into this deal that you guys have currently working on. So it's a 215 unit, Columbus, Ohio. Um, first, let's start with the process. You know, one, how did you, how did you find it? Yeah, so that's <clears throat> that's like the million dollar question, right? How how people find in deals these days, um, you know. And everybody always tells us when we were starting out, they're like, "Oh yeah, broker relations, broker relations. You got to build those relations with those brokers. They'll bring you the pocket the pocket listings, right?" And you know they're probably right, but you got to build up that credibility. You got to build up that relationship. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. And um, we were like my brother said, we were really focused on scaling because we saw the benefit of that. Um, and it kind of happened. Um, on its own, but we knew where we wanted to go and we started building our brand and we realized the power of branding, right? So, you know, what you guys have here, you have a podcast. I mean, that's a huge platform, right? Uh, so people will look to you. You guys are the subject matter experts on, on real estate every in your circle probably. And so that's what we started focusing on. We didn't have, um, you know, we don't have a podcast. We don't have a YouTube channel, but we do have access to things just like everybody else. Um, but if you use them right, you can really grow your reach. And so Instagram, Facebook, of course, building your own website. My brother wrote his own, wrote the blog. He writes it every month now. I mean, that, that's been great. Um, as well as he wrote an ebook. Um, <clears throat> and so when people see that people reach out to you, you know, they see you're gaining traction, you're building something there, right? So people reach out to you. I'm sure you guys have seen it as well. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, I don't know, was it last fall maybe? Um, Steve Libman from Integrity Holdings, a buddy of mine was like, hey, you, you need to talk to Steve. He was a flipper and now he's doing multifamily syndications. And he kind of linked us up and we just started talking and we had a couple Zoom meetings, you know, and I don't know, April, it might've been April rolls around or, or maybe it was before that March rolls around. And he's like, hey, you know, we're looking for partners on this next deal. And, you know, my brother and I, Chris and I would just, like, yeah, that's cool. And we thought about it. And then maybe two months went by and, and we jumped on it. And that was in April. And um, we realized that, you know, he needs us, we need him. Um, he can help us definitely grow, like his business can help us grow in credibility. Um, whereas it'll also allow us a lot of uh, moments to learn, right? Because we haven't done anything that big. Sure, we've done a syndication, but just not that big. Um, so that's, that's really where it started, you know, so getting, expanding your reach and building those relationships with people around us. Um, and that's how we were able to, you know, meet integrity holdings, Steve Libman from integrity holdings and, and Travis, both those guys are great guys. Um, they actually have their own podcast as well. Uh, free from wall street. It's called, but yeah, I, I mean, that it, yeah, I, I mean, they I do a pretty good job. With you guys. <laughs> oh, cool. yeah. yeah. But that, that's it, right? Like, when you when people know you like and then it goes <laughs> this goes beyond this right so what is what do they say about people that want to work with you they have to know you like you and trust you right and especially if they're going to invest with you and so that's how it starts you have to get your name out there you have to show people what you're doing and they then build that likability and that trust you know you're not trying to dupe anybody this is just you know there's a lot of trustworthy people out there but they just don't build their brand and so they limit their 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 ability to scale in my opinion no, so. no, I we agree 100%, man. I think you guys are doing an awesome job. So, was this uh, the 
the two fifty unit deal, or or was this a different deal? That was the two fifteen. Yeah, that was the yep. two fifteen. So, yep. are they when they when you say that you know they they ask for partners and all that? Did they offer you a GP partnership? Uh, and and if they did, what percentage are we talking about? How how are they structuring that deal to make you comfortable to go in with them? How did that conversation go for people who are looking? Uh, to say, hey, should I go into not only a limited pass, limited, limited investor kind of role, but hey, I've been offered this GP position. Is this a good deal or not? Because I know we have as well, and there's some people that we've said no to just because we the deal wasn't right and we didn't truly believe in it as as, as much. So, what would you recommend there? Well, um, Chris, I can jump in. I'll just- yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that we can go into exact details on that stuff, but okay. yeah, yeah. Like, because the deal is not finalized and, you know, there's a bunch of stuff behind it, but we can't, I think we can talk more into, um, you know, the how and the why we got it. Yeah, and what you recommend. And, 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 and let's talk, yeah, let's talk about like, how do you guys get to the conversation and distribution of, of, uh, of activities? Hey, who's doing what? What responsibilities do you have? And how do you get to an agreement to who does what? Just to show yeah. people that are trying to do this, like how, how can we structure this too? Yeah, we won't, obviously, I'm not going to go into too much of details, yeah. but I will say the strategy, which is what I was going to dive into anyway. The, so here's, here's what we did. We figured out where is our weakness as far as a company and where is our strength. And at that point, our strength was investor relations. We were branding, we were networking, we were growing at that perspective, which seemed to align more with the raising capital portion of it. Where was our weakness? Deal flow was good, but at that time, there were a lot of brokers that just, you know, they were calling whoever was on top of the list. They weren't answering the call for everybody. So our deal flow was, it was mediocre. We're still working on those broker relations and getting to that top of that list. So we could work on that weakness or we could fill a role in another GP group. Now, when you come to the table, um, it's like he said though, it's about having that character first and that relationship first. Because the, I guess the partnerships, if it starts there, the, the pieces that need to come into place of negotiating who gets what and who does what, will all kind of fall in into a nice uh, puzzle piece, I guess. And, and you won't have to be, you know, strong arming someone to get what you want at the table. So that's kind of how it, it was with us. It was, we had known Stephen about 10 months. Um, at that point, we had had happy hours together over Zoom. We had talked with wives and, and family. You know, so we were getting really comfortable around each other. And when that comes up, we started talking, okay, look, here's what we can bring. And he said, well, here's what we need. And we said, look, we, we want some education. We want to be involved on the due diligence piece, you know, and we want to be, you know, involved in as a GP. And so you start doing those conversations, who's going to do what role it's it kind of plays out. Um, so, yeah, I, I know there's, there's, I'll, I'll go into one thing you can do. You can you can protect your interest as a GP by doing something like a fund, for example. Um, so I- instead of just passing investors over to another uh, syndication group as a as a partner, you can create your own fund, an LLC. Investors invest with you. You manage all the communication distributions, all everything from that fund itself, and the fund is just a giant LP. And then, you know, you can, you can be a GP separate. You don't have to be a GP in the LP or, or collect the cut off the top or something. So you can structure it a lot of different ways. Um, and, and that's kind of how we like to do. We like to keep 
everything in-house because we like those relations, but that's just an example of how you could, uh, you could have control and keep your network and that kind of thing. That's great, man. What do you got, Jeremy? So you see, just to show everybody, you know, it's important that, like you say, build those relationships and it doesn't happen overnight. You know, like you, mm -hmm. you guys said, hey, 10 months of talking and networking and, and having conversation with the family and all that stuff and see if the relationship clicks. Uh, so you, you mentioned that they brought the deal to you guys, right? That's right. Okay. And what made you decide to, because uh, you guys leave, so that's not, that's not a local investment. That's Ohio. Uh, yep. Can you tell us? Can you tell us about that marketing? Was so interested about that marketing, that special, that that deal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Columbus, <clears throat> so it's in Columbus, Ohio, and um, Columbus, Ohio is like one of the top fifteen fastest growing cities in the U.S. Or right, let me back up. I mean, when we started first looking at where we were going to invest, we did not look at like, okay, w what's closest to home. We actually looked at what markets make sense, and and this, at the time, I was work. I was living and working in North Carolina and that's why we chose North Carolina because the market was doing really good there. Not necessarily because I was living there, but we did, we were able to build that team there. When, <clears throat> when uh, integrity holdings came to us and we started talking and that relationship formed, um, he started talking about Columbus, Ohio and, and all the benefits of, you know, how big it is, how fast it's growing. And, you know, he's right. It, it was one in the fa uh, 15 fastest growing cities is like the top three in the Midwest. It was, um, I might get some of these statistics wrong, but it, it has a lot of economic drivers, right? Population growth is going up, job growth is going up, rent growth is going up, stuff like that. Unemployment's down. Like those are the things we look for when we look for a uh, market anyway. So when he started talking about that and we started looking at it, we're like, man, that actually really makes sense. And um, that was what yeah. we're looking for. We were looking for 50 and above at that point anyway, you know? And so if we can yeah. split that with somebody else that has more experience, why not, you know, in, in the market that we like and approve, you know, so. Yeah. And, and I've written a bunch of lists on the top 12 or top 10, you know, as they come out and you, you go to, to, to all these events and you hear co-star prediction, predictions and, uh, you know, CBR, CBRE annual reports and all that kind of thing. Columbus, Cleveland, Orlando, Tampa, Art, Raleigh, Charlotte, Phoenix, they, they come up continuously. And so if you're watching those, those coming up and then someone brings you a deal in one of those areas, okay, you know, I can take a deeper look on this one. That's, that's just maybe a first pass you would do. But then when you look at Columbus, and like you said, all, the, all the, um, the indicators are there. I mean, third biggest university in the United States, it's not going anywhere. It's got the government, the United, Ohio State University are the two biggest employers in the, in the MSA. So that place isn't going anywhere. Jobs are going up. Um, you got people going to school there that need affordable housing. So it was a good uh, opportunity and, and we like the property. Yes. And, and uh, Ohio is also, and, and I say this because we invest in Ohio, it's very landlord friendly. Yeah. So, yeah, yes. so there's, that's very important right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where do you live, Ashton? <laughs> Yeah, Oregon is not landlord friendly. <laughs> it's not, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, crazy no, no property. Yeah. <laughs> that's like California, cool. man. <laughs> so, so tell us, in regards to, to guidance, right? A lot of people try to do this on their own, um, and, and it's, it's, it's hard to trust people, right? In regards to guidance to, for you guys to scale from where you came, uh, from from uh, investing in single in single family uh, uh, homes and, and then small multifamilies, uh, what type of guidance or or mentors do you look for, or if you look for, 
or have you guys done it on your own, which is very difficult? Um, well, actually, you know, we haven't, I would say we haven't had any physical uh, mentors, but, you know, Chris and I are very headstrong, very goal oriented. And when we want to do something, we put our head down and, and we go. And um, when we decided we want to go into real estate, man, we started absorbing books left and right. And th so that I would say that would be the mentorship we followed, you know, so we eventually you find the right books that match your, your niche or, or your focus. Um, and of course the podcasts, you know, they're, those are great too, just because you hear so many different strategies and how people work through it. Um, so, I mean, some of the bigger books we looked at were probably, um, Joe Fairless's book, best ever apartment syndication book. Um, uh, what's his, what's the other guy's name? Uh, capital Thompson? raising for real estate. Yep. Hunter Thompson. Hunter Thompson. Raising Cap capital for real estate. There it yeah, is. Capital. Yeah. Raising capital for real estate. <laughs> yep. Like those are some of the big ones we really leaned on. Um, and then there's, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other ones and, and I, and we can go back and Chris can talk about some more of this stuff, but you know, our backgrounds also really helped in that. So I was, I've been a team leader managing people, you know, in the military for the past 20 years while Chris has been doing the same thing, but on the IT side. Um, and so he has a lot of the, he had a lot of the experience with the systems and that need to be in place to build a business. And then, um, and then I had that, you know, that drive in that, um, how to find the right people, right. And that the, the people oriented side of it. So, um, I think there was, there's a lot of other books and a lot of other resources in there that became our mentors, but as far as a physical mentor, like somebody we reached out to and called on a weekly basis, we didn't really have one. Uh, Chris, you want to elaborate on anything in there? Yeah, no, I mean, the important thing here is it is hard. Like you said, if you don't have a mentor, um, if you don't, you know, get into some kind of program that can, that can shoot you forward really fast and you can scale really fast with that. We did look for mentorships. We're not going to lie. We, we did look for them. We just couldn't find one that, that we liked. Um, you know, we went to a Brad Sumrock event. We came super close. Um, you know, we looked at Hunter Thompson's. I think he's got a great program. Um, looked at Corey Peterson stuff, you know, um, but in the end, in the end, we, yeah, Michael Blanc, you know, we, we did use the SDA for a while. Um, you know, we were part of his mastermind Slack channel, you know, and that was super helpful. Uh, but we didn't really have a physical mentor. I would say every time we were about to, to go in on a mentorship, we would get involved in the deal and be like, oh, well, we'll come back to that. <laughs> and then we'd stumble our way through and, you know, make it happen. And um, that's one way to do it. Uh, there's that way. I think that's, that's what I call just active investing. You just go after it and then you can get a mentor or you could passively invest into a syndication and express interest in wanting to learn. And I think that's the best approach. Um, you know, we didn't do that, but I think that is the best approach if you wanted to get into the game and not pay, you know, a mentorship, you know, cause then you get the, the returns while learning. So if you can find that, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we're doing right now anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's great because what you guys have done is been able to get involved in deals and found your mentors that way. So you're learning along the way. You're bringing value. So they're obviously showing you behind the curtain, bringing you on as GP, which is awesome. I think that's the best way. But, of course, there are multiple ways. Like we paid for – we're paying for mentorship right now. I think we, you know, we want to, you know, go full force with systems. And I think what you guys are doing – is even more amazing where you're just applying it. Like you're, you're getting into the deal and you're digging through it and you know, you make mistakes and you learn from it. Right. I mean, 
it is yeah. what it is. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, one of them, just, just to highlight a mistake, you know, it is an interesting thing for the listeners. We did a 504 in our first syndication. Most people don't know what that is, but um, so it's not a 506B, it's not a 506C, it's a 504, same regulation D, but what it means is you can take unlimited sophisticated investors. Still can't advertise, uh, you still, but it, you can take unlimited, unlimited sophisticated investors. So that's the advantage. So if you're really small, it does have a limitation. I think you can only raise so much money, um, but in a year, I think it's like 1.5 million or something. Yeah. But um, I mean, that was hard though, because what it does is you have, to, you have to satisfy every state's requirement. And so you have to do a filing for every state. So like New York might have different requirements. So we had to send a document with money to New York. And Texas has a different document. You have to send money to Texas. And you know, it, it can take a lengthy time. So that's just one, you know, way, one thing we learned just stumbling through it. So. Um, and that's what the attorney recommended, right? That wasn't something we thought of. No, we yeah. don't. Well, I was going to say, like, how, how do you guys come up with that? You just write it on a, on a blog. And, and, oh, yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Attorney. Wow. And that's one thing with mentorships, I think, or the, or the network that comes with it. You're going to get a lot of the contacts, too, which is good. So we've, we started with a certain securities attorney. We started with a certain closing attorney. They're not along with us now because we've grown to a different perspective, different level. But one advantage to getting that network with a mentorship is you, they might go, oh, well, we know a good closing attorney. We know a good security yeah. attorney. You don't have to stumble through that. So, Yeah, and that's, I mean, you hit, you're spot on, man. I mean, that's exactly why. I mean, uh, we're with Jake and Gino, and they have a Rolodex that is ridiculous of resources we can reach out to. And, like, I'm talking to a property manager next week. You know, she handles, like, 500 units. And I'm going to pick her brain on you know, what should we do for our portfolio? You know, what can we do better? And, you know, I mean, different approaches, right? There's no, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just whichever one works for you and for, for the listeners out there. But I was going to ask is, so as you guys proceed in this, uh, in this project, you know, you're trying to close it. What, what systems are you and what, you know, what kind of nuggets can you throw out there as far as you're using? There's a lot of tools out there you know, for re reaching investors, you know, as far as uh, CRMs or even for raising capital now, you know, there's certain companies that specifically focus for that platform interaction that uh, interface with the, with the users. So what do you suggest? What are you guys using? Sure. I'll dive into it. <laughs> um, this is kind of my area. So of course I'm an IT. So the thing I've always found and is you pick one application and then all of a sudden, Three months later, you see a cool yeah, one, one you wish you had done. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's about, it's about really, you know, doing your research, find the one that meets your needs and, and going all in. Um, don't switch too much. So we use monday.com for project management. Um, it's a good, good one. It's easy to use. You know, you want something simple. Um, we also use Mixmax and Pipedrive. That's straight out of Hunter Thompson's book. We yeah. find they're really good. Pipedrive is kind of like a deal flow. It's a pipeline where you create a flow of how a deal or a contact moves through a communication process. Um, and then, so yeah, Mixmax is just takes your email to the next level of Gmail. It just, you can do templates, you can do scheduled emails, reminders, um, you know, pretty good stuff there. But in the big part of raising capital or apartment syndication, it's all about communication. It's about follow-up. It's about scheduling FaceTime. So if you can get the apps that, that, 
you know, align with your, your business and what's your main, what is your revenue source and start with those apps and get them fundamental, fundamentally down, then I think that's going to kickstart your business to the right place. Calendly, of course, is, is a key to this business. So, or um, I think it, what's the one schedule or one app or I forget what that one is. But. And Zoom, everything's Zoom. Yeah, Zoom, everything's Zoom now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I could go on if you want me to keep going on, but. No, no, I just have one more. So, you know, I have my preference, but I want to hear your preference. Uh, and I know there's more out there, but Juniper Square, uh, Syndication Pro, what's your preference? Uh, we're using Syndication Pro. We like Syndication okay. Pro. It works pretty good. Um, we did explore some of the other ones and, and, and settled on them, and their service was pretty good. They reached out. I had FaceTime with Amit. Uh, he's, he's a cool guy. And Jacob, yeah. Um, but the one last one I'll throw out, because I thought this was key to our business. If you want to scale and you, and you need assistance, get LastPass or OnePass, OnePassword. Oh, right? LastPass, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the passwords. Essential. Yeah. Yeah, so we I give I, we give assistants one password, and then we share whatever we want them to use under that password. So we when they quit or leave, we remove access. They only get what access they need to see. It's awesome. I love it, man. I feel like I'm about to nerd out with you right here, but uh, <laughs> you, got, uh, you got virtual assistants from what what it sounds like, right? Yes. Yep. That's awesome. So you're at that level where you're you're delegating. I think that's where you know you're not letting the business run you, you're running an actual business. So that, that's awesome. Congrats guys. So Thanks. any tips All on right. uh, finding VAs or where, where you suggest people look? Upwork's great. Um, you know, I, I had my ebook completely edited and published through Upwork. Uh, we've looked for virtual assistants on Upwork. We've been really lucky. We found a lot of our assistants um, through natural meetups and, and that. Um, we have about eight people in this organization and, and you know, I want to say, four of them, four or five of them are part-time. So everybody can do pieces and you can segment out your company like that with, with virtual assistants. Then they don't need to be in the Philippines, you know? Um, they can be. I've heard great yeah. things about that too. I'm still looking for some other pieces there too, but we use Upwork mainly. Okay, awesome, man. That's mm -hmm. great info right there. A lot, of, a lot of nuggets. I feel like people are gonna get a lot of good stuff out of it, man. German, what do you have? Now, I'm curious in regards to the uh, relationship, right? You guys are brothers, um, and, and uh, I mean, we're brothers too, and we complement each other in so many ways, and then uh, we also are so different in so many ways. How do you guys complement each other? Who does what, and who's the, uh, the, 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 the networker? And, well, we know you're the IT, Chris, uh, but how do you guys, guys complement each other? So... Um... Yeah, that's something we actually get asked that a lot. Like, how do you guys work together? Because now our wives are on board too. Our, our wives are working nice. full time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So like that, that's one of the big things is how do you like work with family and then how do you partner? In fact, we're having somebody, we have a, we run a, a, a mastermind group of our own, uh, Wealth and Whiskey Mastermind. But um, last Wednesday of every month, everybody's welcome to come. But next, this next one that's coming up is all about team building and, and how to pick the right people for the right seat on the bus. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I think initially, you know, when we started, we didn't really think about that, but that does pay, play a big part. And I think that goes into one of, I, I know one of your questions was like, we'll get to that later, but one of the biggest pieces of advice I tell people is find a partner that complements your style, just like you said. And um, so initially we didn't realize how different we were. I always thought, you know, Chris was very much like me. I don't know what he thought I, I was like, but um yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe he hated me. I don't know. But, but, the, but the point is like you, um, when the more you work with somebody, obviously you start to realize, um, you know, their style, but you, there's ways to, to mitigate those issues as they come up to mitigate that before you even start. So one of the things we learned about, like Tony Robbins was doing the disc profile. If you guys have ever done that. Yeah. Yep. And, um, so we did that and, and Chris and I are completely opposite. And then, of course, we read Traction, and we're like, oh, okay. Have you guys read Traction? I mean, that's a great book, too. No. no. Oh, man. That's yeah, really – our whole business probably, is run. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who is it? Uh, Traction, Gina Wickman. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I'll look great, it up. great book, man. Great book on how to run a business and who needs to be where and kind of um, – and then we kind of – so he, he outlines it. He calls one the visionary and one the integrator. So – in almost any organization that is successful in it, um, organization, there's usually a visionary and an integrator. So think like Walt Disney, everybody knows Walt Disney, but nobody knew that his brother is what put his dreams into action. So he may have had all the, the, the visions and everything, but he didn't know all the steps to take to get it there. Right. So, and unfortunately I, I feel like an asshole, but I don't, excuse my language. I don't remember his brother's name, but that's kind of like, that's kind of how it goes. Henry Ford, you know, from Ford motors, same thing. His brother was, his integrator. So, um, and another great book is vision driven leader. Same thing that he says, the visionary and the manager. And it's, it's the same concept though. It's like you have, you have one guy with all the big ideas and, but he doesn't know the steps or the processes to put everything into play to actually make it happen. Um, and you know, so like think of it like one is one is the fuel of the fire that has the idea and the other one's the rocket. He builds the rocket to take you into, take you to the moon. Um, so I don't know, Chris, you want to weigh in on any of that? I mean, I think, um, I think that's really important for people to get, to understand like how, if you find the right partner, man, it will just help, help you in so many ways. So I think you asked who was, who was like the people person and who was, um, the systems person. We're both kind of people person. I guess I'm more of a people person than he is, uh, and Chris is, but he is definitely more of an integrator, more, he has more of the systems and management style than I do. Yeah. And I think it changes a little bit. The more you're in this, you know, the more I'm taking calls, the more I'm uh, talking to people day to day, I'm almost developing more. I'm like, where's the next integrator so I can pass on this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but no, it's a, it's a great book. I think it'll click with you guys a lot. It did with us in the beginning. It was very surprising, but um, you know, you're like, Oh man, you're not a visionary. I can vision all day, you know, <laughs> but what's <laughs> Once you figure that out, once you kind of accept it, and then you know where, what roles people need to play, things work a lot smoother. It also, you know, you clash a lot because integrator and visionary, they'll, they'll clash because, you know, that's where the power comes from. I think it's when, when they are coming together, but they're also pushing apart. It's this kind of power that comes from that. So if everybody's always saying yes, you're going to say yes to the wrong things. Um, but, you know, a big one that always say Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. Steve Wozniak was the guy that made the computer. Steve Jobs made it happen. Um, so th there's a number of examples like that. But, um, yeah. yeah, good book to read. No, man, I, I love it, man, because I can read it so much. You guys, yeah. you know, the way you guys do, because, yeah, definitely my brother, he's the, uh, the one that puts everything together. He, and I thought I was, like you say, you have to accept your, your strength and your, and your weaknesses, right? 
whatever you know, you have to accept it. Even though I used to, before I, I, I worked with my brother, I used to think that I was the systematic guy and I knew the details and all that stuff. And, and I worked with my brother and I, I fall so short on that. And, and so sometimes we clash on that. Uh, but then, I mean, I, I accept how smart he is and, and I just let him deal with the details. And sometimes he tells me, hey, we need to do this, this and that. I was like, okay, let's get it done, you know? Um, but that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. And, and yeah, definitely. We're going to have to get that book and, and get our, our stuff together. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's, it's kind of funny too, because you, you don't actually, like initially, I remember looking at like spreadsheets and like trying to figure out, you know, doing analysis and stuff. And I was just like, I got to learn this. I got to learn. I got to be good at this. Yeah. And then I read those, read those books and I'm like, oh my God, that's why I hate this stuff so much. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Hey, you sound like my brother. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing. You yeah. put somebody in the wrong seat. You're like, oh yeah, make Ashton the analysis guy. You're like, we're playing with fire. I don't think, I don't think that's a good idea. Hey, but so. when you're starting, man, you you gotta yeah. do all that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, and that's what I tell him. It's like it's like you know, it, if I could delegate everything, if I could find a VA for every little detail, <laughs> man, the world would be amazing, right? But yeah. when you're first starting out, I mean, you got to grind it out. You got to, yeah. hey, bro, you, you got to figure it out, too, because yeah. we got we to half it out, man. So yeah. hey, Chris, I want to bring up one thing uh, Chris brought up to me today, though. So we have, we call them, they're called same page meetings. So every week we get, we have a meeting, just Chris and I, and we go over where our business is at, what, you know, certain specifics, what, what we want to go. And then we also have a team meeting with the whole team. And then, you know, we have other partner meetings and, of course, you know, investor meetings. But. Um, one of the biggest things Chris brought up to me today is like, and Chris probably, I mean, feel free to elaborate, but he's like the, one of the biggest parts or biggest draws on his time right now is managing all the VAs. So be careful what you wish for, you know? So you have a bunch of VAs yeah, you, because you got to right? I mean, Chris, please, but you got to teach them all how to do everything you want them to do. Right. Yeah. I, w I wish you could just bring them on and they just do, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it takes yeah. a lot of, a lot yeah. of management in the beginning. And especially if you're not doing admin tasks, if you're doing creative tasks, that is where a lot of you're, you're going to have to manage that person a lot. If it's just a simple admin task, if you can write a process or record a video, that's fine. But yeah, managing the, the VA and that's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I know we've been, I've been looking at, through VA companies and Upwork, you know, Philippines, you name it. Yeah, it's, it's not easy, man. I've been also kind of scared to hire the wrong one, you know, because then it sets yeah. you back. So, yeah, it's been a, it's an adventure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hear you. Chris, Chris, what was that book by Michael Hyatt, My World Class VA? Yeah, yeah. World Class VA. I have that, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I talked to the, the company, um, Belay, Belay mm -hmm. uh, oh, okay. Staffing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, they're pretty good, but they're they're pricey, as we know, Michael Hyatt. Yeah, so. it might help to get the executive assistant first, and then yep. you know, because because it's also Olivia, my assistant, she's awesome. She runs a lot of VAs when I'm not there, so that's yeah, super helpful. And that's good to know. That's exactly what I was thinking. If I could hire someone that's like me to do everything else, yeah. then that would be great. <laughs> If I yeah. can make a replica of myself, then you know, there you go. <laughs> I know, right? That's exactly what I want to do. Yeah, I hear you, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, guys. So you know, as, as you know, we, we want to wish you guys the best of luck with uh, closing on the two hundred fifteen unit. Uh, the last question we always leave with, and you know, you guys 
just mentioned, you integrating your wives into this now. So, you know, the work-life balance, how do you make it happen? Obviously, you still are both, you have your W-2 jobs as well, correct? So you have that, you have a family. Um, I'm not sure if you have kids or not, but all that plays into that balance with real estate. And one thing we've learned is you can't be mediocre at real estate and expect amazing results. So sometimes that causes a lot of stress in the family. How do you manage it on what tips do you have for the listeners? Yeah. I would say this real quick. You can't be mediocre with your wife too. That doesn't go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. We'll get feedback immediately. We'll get that feedback right away. We'll, yeah. we'll be watching. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, no. So I, I, I like a lot of Michael Hyatt stuff, mainly the, uh, the stuff about time blocking. I think it's really big. If you have a W-2, if you have a family and you're trying to do real estate, if you can time block and, and like Hunter Thompson says even, if you can time block and then push a bunch of tasks through at that same time every day, whatever it is. So when I wrote my ebook, I picked a Tuesday and a Thursday and I put aside an hour and a half and I wrote that in the morning, every morning for whatever it took me. But if you can do that, then you're not jug juggling three different worlds at once, you know, while, and, and they're all suffering. So if you can time block and if you can assign priorities, you know, on a Sunday for how your week's going to roll out and then, schedule on those days when it's going to happen. I think that's, that works for me. And I don't know about you, Ashton, but otherwise it's chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Hey, I'm still working through some of the time block and I think you got the system a little bit better than I do. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but I, I mean, yeah, we, we do, I, we do follow a lot of the time blocking ideas. I think you're a little bit better at it than I am, but we, I have everything laid out on my, um, what is it on my, my calendar on my phone. So I have, no kidding, like when my wife is going to work out. So I know that I'm watching the kids, you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. But then also when I'm supposed to be working, so she doesn't schedule anything. And then it allows other people to schedule appointments, you know? And I think the other thing, time blocking is awesome, but I would also point out that um, we both read that, uh, <laughs> we read a lot of books, um, Miracle Morning. And that, oh, yeah. that kind of influenced, influenced us a lot on when we get, you know, the most when we're the most productive and what really matters. And when you read about what these highly successful people are doing in their business and you read that they're doing it before, you know, 8 AM or before breakfast, like, man, I can do that. Like why, why didn't, why aren't we doing that? You know? So, um, yeah. I think that's, that played a big part in it too. I hear you. Wake up early. Make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Guys. That, right? Yeah. Yeah. Military. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> yeah. do it, man. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we appreciate it. We Again, we wish you guys the best of luck with that closing. Uh, for the listeners out there, if you can, go ahead and give us a review. Uh, send us feedback. We've been getting a lot of it, so we appreciate it. And we're out. Thank you, guys. <laughs>